0: with Conair Bomb, Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
1: This episode of Womanica is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's standing in the way of your happiness? BetterHelp makes it so convenient to reach out for the help and support you need. And because we're all a little different, the folks at BetterHelp understand how important it is to find the right counselor for you. They make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. I want to help you start living a happier life today. As a Womanica listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at BetterHelp.com E-W. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot E-W. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. Today, we're talking about a linguist and ethnographer who became one of the foremost experts on Dakota and Lakota oral history. She incorporated her own experiences growing up in the Sioux Nation, as well as scholarly studies she conducted with other community members. Today, her work is still considered an essential source on Sioux culture and Lakota language. Please welcome Ella Cara DeLoria. Ella was born on January 31, 1889, on the Yankton Sioux Reservation in what's known as South Dakota. She was the firstborn child to her parents, Reverend Philip Joseph Deloria and Mary Sully Deloria, though both had children from prior marriages. Ella was named Anpetu Washtawin, or Beautiful Day Woman, in honor of a raging blizzard on her birthday. Ella's parents were both descendants of Yankton Dakota and Euro-American families. Her father, the son of a Yankton chief, had converted to Christianity as a young man and renounced his claim to chieftainship. He was an influential Episcopal minister. While Ella's family was devoutly Christian, they also took part in traditional Dakota culture. She lived on the Standing Rock Reservation and grew up speaking both the Dakota and Lakota dialects of the Sioux language, Lakota with peers and community members at school, and Dakota with her father. In 1910, Ella won a scholarship to Oberlin College. She then transferred to Columbia Teachers College, where she earned a Bachelor of Science in 1915. While at Columbia, Ella met Franz Boas, a well-known and respected anthropologist. They became fast partners, and Ella began translating Dakota Sioux texts for his studies. Through that partnership, Ella found another lasting partner, Ruth Benedict, Franz's assistant and colleague. Ella and Ruth maintained a correspondence that lasted until Ruth's death in 1948. Ella taught at All Saints, a boarding school, and supervised health education in Native schools for several years. Then in 1928, she was called back to her work at Columbia with Brands. She studied the language and stories from Lakota and Dakota elders. Her research had three goals. To edit and translate texts written by Sioux people in various dialects to record a detailed description of traditional Sioux social and religious life and to compile her linguistic data into a comprehensive dictionary of the Lakota dialect of the Sioux language. One of the first projects Ella took on was a translation of the Sundance, the most important traditional Lakota religious ceremony. A long native language text of the ceremony already existed, but Ella wanted to translate it in its correct context she read it out loud to an Oglala Lakota leader and rewrote it with his guidance. The finished text in English and Lakota was Ella's first professional publication. Ella continued her research, often with Ruth's partnership. But some of Ruth's requests put Ella in a difficult position. Because Ella had been raised in a prominent Episcopal family, she was not super familiar with the traditional Lakota religion, Ruth wanted Ella to ask traditional religious leaders about their visions. But Ella felt uncomfortable doing so, and many traditional religious leaders were uncomfortable sharing their knowledge with someone who came from a devout Christian background. As a result, Ella shifted her ultimate focus to the physical forms of ceremonies. Even so, in her day-to-day research, she also recorded many sacred stories and even some of the conflicts between Christianity and traditional religion. With Ruth's advice, Ella focused her research more and more on kinship, tribal structure, and the role of women in Sioux cultures. This work culminated in a novel called Water Lily. It covers three generations of women before the reservation period. Though it wasn't published until after Ella's death, it's lauded as a unique perspective and may be the only written source that explores the religious life of Lakota women. By the 1940s, Ella was recognized as the most prominent ethnographic authority on the Dakota and Lakota Sioux people. In the 1960s, she worked at the University of South Dakota, where her legacy became the Ella C. Deloria Project. It's an ongoing effort to preserve the culture of the Dakota people. On February 12, 1971, Ella died in what's known as Vermillion, South Dakota. At that time, she was the most prolific native scholar of the Lakotas. Many of her interviews were the last remaining accounts of cultural aspects she witnessed and are the fullest accounts in the Lakota dialect. Her work is one of the most important sources for understanding Sioux culture from women's perspectives. All month, we're honoring the legacies of indigenous women.
0: slash iHeart.